You are listening to the sermon podcast of International Lutheran Church in Seoul, South Korea. I'm Pastor Chuck Hoffman. Once again, everyone, I am disappointed in myself. Let me start there. That's the starting point for for this message. I am disappointed in myself. I'm disappointed because I still sin. I know what sin is, and I know why it's wrong, and I know that it is wrong. I know the effect that it has on myself and the effect that it has on the ones that I love, and yet I still do it. And I don't like that. I'm disappointed because I know that through baptism my old self was crucified together with Christ. In baptism my old self drowned so that my new self might rise to life. I know that I went from being a slave to sin, a slave who had to obey his master, to one who is now free, free to serve and follow my Lord. I went from being a servant of a a kind of ruthless taskmaster to being the son of a righteous master. A son and an heir, and I know that my inheritance is waiting for me. So now it's time to move on and leave that old self behind. And yet I find it hard to do that. I see improvement, but sometimes I fall back into old patterns. I go wandering off the straight and narrow path, and suddenly I find myself in a patch of thorns or sliding down a rocky slope. I struggle with finding self-worth in things apart from God. I struggle with finding identity in things apart from God. I struggle with craving the attention and admiration of man instead of God. But it says right here in that letter to the Romans that I ought to be walking in the newness of life. Yet it seems time and again I end up back in the same old thoughts and patterns. Sometimes I wonder, has God given up on me yet? Is he just so disappointed that he'd rather move on to another project, maybe to a more capable person? Um, Jesus did not need to be baptized. At least he did not need the baptism that John was giving. John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. Uh, It was a baptism of the forgiveness of sins. 
And people came out to John. They saw this kind of dirty, wild man who was living off the land in the countryside. This was the opposite of city comfort. Imagine the dust, the crowds, the bad smells, people elbowing or jockeying for position to hear and see this strange man who was teaching in the middle of nowhere on the riverbank. But the crowds came. Even uh, some well-to-do VIPs from the city came out to this place. They came because they were disappointed in themselves as well. So they confessed and they were washed in the river and they turned away from their sin. But then here comes Jesus to this place as well. And he had no sin to confess. He had no need of forgiveness. He had nothing to repent of. John said that he's not even worthy to stoop down and untie Jesus' sandals, let alone baptize him. Yet here was Jesus, and he was baptized. Why? Kings are always anointed. They are marked as Someone who is chosen now by God, anointed with oil. God chose Saul to be the first king over Israel, and he sent Samuel, uh, his prophet, to go and pour oil on his head. Then Saul disobeyed, so God sent Samuel to the household of Jesse. And he had uh, Jesse line up all of his sons. And he said, no, not that one, not that one. And finally they got to the youngest one. And God said, that's the one. Samuel took a horn full of oil and poured it on David's head, anointed him the new king. After David ruled for 40 years, he commanded his high priest to take a a ram's horn again full of oil and and to go and to anoint his son, Solomon, and make him king. Anointing was the mark. It's what made you the legitimate ruler. And there was no one who could anoint Jesus. The high priest at that time was a joke. Totally corrupt. The king, Herod, He wasn't really a king. He was more of a pretender. The Romans, they were the ones who were really in charge, but they are not of the covenant people. They cannot fulfill that role. No one could anoint Jesus except God himself. Jesus was Messiah, the anointed one. And there was no one that could give him a proper anointing. So he showed up there in front of John, and he was baptized. And the Holy Spirit descended and marked him, anointed him. Jesus never really did get his proper anointing. He never had some prophet or high priest come with a ram's horn full of oil and mark him on the forehead, pouring that oil on his head. 
That never happened. So instead, God used foolish things to mark his son as the anointed one. When Jesus showed up at a dinner party at the home of a a wealthy and important religious ruler, they did not follow proper etiquette. They did not wash his feet. They did not anoint his head with oil. Maybe they thought, you know, some people, some illiterate people are calling this guy a messiah. And we we don't want to uh, add to the confusion, so let's not anoint him at all. We don't want to give him that honor, even though it was just a common courtesy in their culture. So in the middle of dinner, God sends this sinful woman, someone that was known to the whole community. She burst her way into the home and she wept all over his feet and then she wiped away her tears with her own hair. Another anointing, but not from a priest or from a king, but instead from a woman with a bad reputation. Later, as Jesus prepared to enter Jerusalem, one of his followers, named Mary, poured out expensive perfume onto him. Again, an anointing, but again it was an ironic anointing. Instead of oil marking his royalty, this was perfume preparing him for burial, preparing him to die. It was fitting because he never did receive those proper burial rites. They had to rush his body into the tomb before the sun went down and the Sabbath began. Just as he never received that proper royal anointing either. So Jesus had to be baptized because that was the moment that he was marked publicly anointed, the moment he began, embarked on that mission to accomplish the forgiveness of our sins. He never received that anointing with oil. He was anointed with his own sweat as he prayed so hard in the Garden of Gethsemane. He said, Father, if there is any way, would you take this cup away from me? He never was anointed with oil, but he was anointed with blood when the ironic crown of thorns was pressed down upon his forehead. Jesus always received the opposite of what he deserved. Mockery instead of honor. Solomon rode in on uh, King David's personal royal donkey to show that he was the legitimate new ruler of Israel. Jesus had to borrow a donkey from some random guy and he had to give it back afterwards. All of this tells me that if Jesus got the opposite of what he deserved, then so will I. If I have joined Jesus in his death through baptism, then how much more will I join in his resurrection as well? If God would go to such great lengths so as to become man and suffer rejection, then how would he ever reject me? How would he ever reject you? The answer is, he won't. You are 
chosen. Not by being marked with oil, but through your baptism. You have been marked and sealed by the Holy Spirit. In baptism, you go from being a slave to being a son or daughter of God. And baptism does not depend upon your feelings. It it is something that happened. It it is an objective fact. It took place. The water combined with the word and promise of God, it cannot be undone. Just like the tears of that sinful woman that fell on Jesus' feet, they cannot be uncried. Even when people uh, protested and grumbled and said, this is so inappropriate. Or just like that expensive perfume that was poured out on Jesus. The jar cannot be unbroken. Uh, Once it was broken, it was out and there. And even though people protested and said, what a waste, it cannot be put back. And just like the blood of our Savior, once it was shed, there was no going back. There was no undoing His loving sacrifice. Even when the injustice of it all became so clear that a Roman soldier of all people says, truly, this is the Son of God. There's no going back. So when the accuser comes to us and protests and says, you are inappropriate, you are a waste, you are unjust, Our best answer is this. I have been washed. There is no undoing my baptism. The water cannot be taken back. The promise of God cannot be undone. I have been marked and sealed. And it does not depend upon me. And then, now, safe and secure in this knowledge... Sure that we have not and we will never be abandoned or rejected by God. Now we are safe to walk in the newness of life that Paul mentions. I am safe to grow closer and closer to my Lord Jesus. And slowly but surely win that victory over sin. And see that old self dead so that I would rise to new life. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard us in our hearts and in our minds through Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.